Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Let Me Tell You. Now, here's Joan Hamburg. Why is personal health columnist Jane Brody who's been writing this column since 1976, leaving the Times. Has it anything to do with what's happened in the world of science? I'm Joan Hamburg, and meet Jane and hear her interesting story on Let Me Tell You. That's our personal podcast, Straight Ahead. I'm a big Jane Brody fan, so when Jane announced just recently that it was time for her to say goodbye to the personal health column, I was sort of bereft. Jane has been writing this column since 1976, and as I recall, she was a health writer for the Times for almost a decade before that. And the world has changed dramatically in all these years. But many of us relied on Jane's column every week, whether it was about our diets, whether it was about smoking, mental health, issues that affected us, kids, new advances in surgery. She was there and very practical and reasonable, you know, not yelling and shouting or promise us major cures, telling us the way things should be and the way things are. So this is like not a goodbye, because I'm sure we'll be checking in on Jane, but what is she thinking of? What is it that she would like to do now that the strain of a weekly column is going to be lifted? Welcome to you. Thank you, Joan. It's a pleasure always to talk with you. Even on, you know, I was on your show when my father died in a supermarket in Brooklyn. Oh my! Do I you remember that? that? You ordered a taxi for me and whisked me back to New back to Brooklyn, um, mm. and I was told that he was in the hospital, but actually he was taken to the morgue. So oh. it was it was a very traumatic thing that I never of forgot, course. but. How but, could you forget that? But you were so kind, and you were, you, you, were, you asked, you said, do you want to leave right now? And we were in the middle of a conversation, and I said, no, I will finish this interview. It's not going to make any difference. And, and it turned out it wasn't going to make any difference because he had already died. But in any case, mm. these kinds of incidents really remind me of, of how important it is for people to stay in touch with other people and to recognize what the needs are of other people and and to respond accordingly <clears throat> too many i mean one of the things you mentioned when we we talked briefly before the show you mentioned people so many people quitting and and rethinking 
rethinking their lives, their lives and, and thinking, well, what do, what, do I, what do I really want? What's really important for me to be doing now? And that's part of the issue that, that so many of us were running around like chickens without heads and focused so hard on, on, on the, whatever our paycheck was responsible for that we forgot about our connections with other people and how important they are and how important it is to recognize the needs of the, of the universe, the city you live in, the community you live in, the state you live in, the country you live in, and the world we live in. And the, the whole controversy now we're having over climate change and how some people don't believe in it and some people resist doing the things that can make a difference. Um, they're not thinking of anything but themselves. They're not thinking beyond the needs of their immediate day. And this is a big, big mistake, and it's a big failing, and I, and I think it accounts for a lot of the tragedies that we are witnessing now. And what I will never understand is the backlash on vaccines. Oh, I mean, who? what kid ever went to school? Us, too without vaccines. That was, luckily, thank goodness, yeah, because Joan, we avoided hideous diseases. Yes, yes. and one of, my, one of my high school classmates had polio when he was a little boy, and that kept him from being a super athlete. He was an athlete, but he couldn't be a super athlete like his two older brothers because of polio. Mm. And I remember being lined up to get that vaccine. And Me too. And smallpox and all of those things. And, and people just, they're not thinking. And there's another part of this, though, Joan, that is very, very serious. And that's what I devoted my life to, which was teaching people about science. They don't understand science. I don't know what's wrong with our education system that we raised several generations now without an understanding of the scientific process and what it means and how to interpret it and how to understand it. I mean, I'm not asking people to know, you know, the, ele- the table of elements or anything of that sort, but basic stuff like where does water go when, it, when you run it in the sink? I mean, come on. What happens to the garbage you put out on the street? Um, you know, we have so many issues that individuals who are not thinking are responsible for the problems that we're having. And we've got to turn this around. And I, I did my damnedest to make this happen on various levels throughout my career. But I, you know, I can't influence the whole, whole universe. We've got to start working from the top down. And I think that's what President Biden has been trying to tell Americans. Right. But they're not listening. Not no. enough of them are listening. They've turned it political rather than that's science. Correct. And it's a, it's a very complicated time. And since you started all those years ago, yeah. the entire scientific community has changed and evolved. And yes. I don't know what it's, right, what it's going to take for people to just make sense of basic things that can help their lives and their children's lives. You know, one of the things that's most distressing to me right now is that the New York Times had a recent feature on young adults taking up smoking yeah at, in an increased numbers not not just not just um, 
whatever that stuff is called that's 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 not a cigarette uh, oh, not yeah. just not just those guys but people coming out of a dinner party a, a restaurant a theater or this or that lighting it up lighting up the minute they get out the door i mean what what does it take for people to look at what the evidence is and all the propaganda that we've given them all the information we've given them all the stuff and all of a sudden to start a younger generation taking up this terrible habit, it just absolutely distresses me. You're right. It should. I mean, th this is so obvious. And you've also been a huge influencer when it comes to diets. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of changes, but you were right on it. You know, Joan, one of the things, the other thing that distresses me is that no matter what I've said and what anybody has said uh, in positions of authority and intelligence and research about the ridiculousness of these cockamamie fad diets that people go on. I mean, somebody just tried to get me to taste, have a, a sample of something. Oh, it's, it's, it's good for you. It's a keto thing. I yeah. said, well, <laughs> what, what makes that good for me? I mean, where do you, where do you get this information from? Um, it's, it's junk. It's still junk. It's still junk food. And, and, and whether it's keto or paleo or any other kind of thing, you know, a Dr. Oz promoted it. Um, this is all, it's all junk. And the bottom line is that people keep throwing good money after bad uh, on this stuff. And look at the, look what we have in the country in terms of obesity. It's terrifying. And, Obesity has been a major risk factor for lots of things for a lot of years. But when COVID came along, it was a major risk factor to die of COVID. And still people kept eating, eating stuff that they shouldn't be eating, eating too much of good stuff, you know, just eating. And instead of going out on the street and just walking to relieve their stress, they, they opened the cupboard and they opened the freezer and they opened right. the refrigerator and, and stuffed themselves. It's it's very 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 disturbing because there what? is yeah. yeah go ahead because no, there's plenty of evidence to show that a normal that normal eating normal food in normal amounts you stay healthy you don't gain extra weight and you feel great uh, I don't know what's better than feeling great as a reward for what you do exactly. And are you concerned at all with this pandemic, which, as someone said, I'm, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Do I wear a mask? I'm scared to go out. I don't want to go into a yeah. movie theater. I'm nervous all the time. Yeah. Because for two years, we had to learn a whole new language. And, and mental health, even with the kids, yes. just well, be I, a layperson, I, an issue. Well, I will tell you, I'm much less worried about the children. I see the. I live in a neighborhood with schools and lots of young kids around. And mm -hmm. I, they come down my block on their way to school, on their way home from school, and they're still wearing their masks. They're yeah, wearing their the masks kids. even after they go out of school in the afternoon. And I'm blown away by by their responsibility and how careful they are and and. And how accepting they are of this situation. I'm not saying it's perfect. There's no perfect when, when we're dealing with a pandemic of this nature. I mean, this is a life 
world-changing epidemic. This is not something that you can just brush off like a new change in the flu flu virus. This is something that was so, so devastating and so life-changing. But the kids do better than the parents. The kids do better than the grown-ups. They just, you know, they take it in stride. Okay, this is what you have to do. This is what we're going to do. to stay well, you know. Yes. And the, and, and the grown-ups are weighing and measuring. Yes. Is this a Republican plot or a Democratic yes. plot? I mean, <laughs> they've turned on masks, which if you go to Asia, everyone yeah. wears masks all the That's time. Correct. We don't need a pandemic. Yeah, and, and you know something else, Joan? One of the things that's, that, that has happened with the mask wearing and is that nobody's getting colds and nobody's getting the flu. It's, Knock on wood. It's it really, but it you know it made a big difference. It just shows you how these kinds of very very basic measures are protective. And I mean, we used to look strangely at. I I often thought Asian people. I don't know whether they're from Asia or from Asian Americans, but whatever. When I went, when I was flying around a lot, I saw Asian people in great numbers, coming onto airplanes with masks on. Always, and, right. And and I always think to myself, gee, are they sick? Um, do they have cancer? You know, is there something wrong with them? No, they're just being smart. <laughs> they were just being smart because they were taught that this is how you protect yourself in a, in a mass environment where you don't know the rest of the people that you're surrounded by. And... Um, it, it was a really interesting observation. Um, now, now it's accepted as normal. I mean, New York City has uh, rescinded most, much of the mask mandates, and the rest of them are going to fall by the wayside in a week or two. Um, Do you think that's good? Well, I'm saying that there are still going to be a lot of people who will continue to wear masks because mm-hmm. they realize that it's safer. Uh, I go to the Y every day, and the Y has rescinded its indoor mask mandate, except for people who might be... Have a condition. A, yeah, right. But yeah. A, an awful lot of people are still wearing their masks in the Y, and that's fine. I mean, I swim, so you don't wear your mask while you're swimming. Right. Um, but I, you know, for the, the whole time that this was happening, I was very, very pleased with the kinds of restrictions we had that kept us safe through this whole goddamn pandemic and it and it's it's not over yet we don't know yet whether something is going to come in and kick omicron out of the universe and 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 set, set, set us up for something else we don't know that yet and so it's not it's not a bad idea to stay safe and especially for people in my age group i'm 80 um People in my age group and people who have an underlying disease, like my one of my daughters-in-law has an autoimmune condition. She takes a drug that suppresses the immune system. Uh, this is it. It just makes sense to be safe, and this gives her an opportunity to do that. Jane Brody has been the personal health columnist for the New York Times since 1976. Jane just announced recently that she's had a great run, but she is saying um, goodbye, farewell uh, to her column. In, do you think now that things are being lifted that 
COVID is really on the decline or is this a pattern when we, you track pandemics? We, we don't we don't know. That's the bottom line. We don't know. These viruses are very fickle. They they evolve like everything else evolves. And that's an, another thing people don't understand that science evolves. And they were so critical of the initial um, mistakes that were made about what we should do, what we shouldn't do. I mean, I don't know about you, but we all came home and washed down our groceries. And oh, one of my please. friends quarantined her groceries on the in outside <laughs> on the stoop until they, she felt they were three days gone and the virus would have <laughs> died by then. I mean, we didn't know what this virus was, virus was doing at the beginning. And so we had to have crazy, I, not crazy, but but unrealistic. Well, they turned out to be unrealistic, but they but we did. They were based on science. They were just not we just didn't have any evidence of what this virus was going to do and and how to protect against it. Now we have better, better ideas. And so people are doing better things. But we don't know whether this virus, because a very large percentage of the of the pop, of the population worldwide is not vaccinated. They are not protected. We don't know if any one of those, it doesn't take but one person to be infected by a virus that decides to mutate in that person and start spreading something that we're all susceptible to. Aye, aye, aye. And I keep thinking when we're looking at a potential major war on television, and I keep thinking, believe it or not, about COVID. That's that sort something? of lost in the shuffle, but no. there's no mass when you're talking about fighting a war. That's correct. Or Right? I mean, and what's going to happen there? Europe has plenty of problems in getting vaccine as it is. Yeah, well, it's not just Europe. It's it's Africa. It's all over it's the everywhere. world. Uh-huh. It's all over the world. There's a very large percentage of the population in the world that is not protected. Uh, so it's very possible that this this miserable virus will decide to mutate. I mean, it doesn't have a mind of its own. As somebody was was saying to me, well, the job of a virus is to stay alive. It doesn't want to kill kill people. Uh-huh. It wants to spread. And that's that was an interesting observation because that's exactly what Omicron did. It was less likely to kill people, but it but spread it like everywhere. wildfire. Mm-hmm. I mean, my own grandsons, who were both vaccinated and boosted, all, they got both it. got COVID and they both mm-hmm. got the Omicron variant after having had the Delta variant, after having all the vaccines. <laughs> but I mean, fortunately, they did not okay. get very sick. You know, one of them missed Christmas, the Christmas mm-hmm. family dinner. Um, the other one almost missed a trip to the Cayman Islands that his parents were taking him on. But fortunately, um, they recovered. they recovered and they didn't have long COVID, which is another thing we need to remember. It doesn't even you don't even have to be sick to get long COVID. Even if you didn't ever have symptoms, if you were infected, it's possible to get long COVID. And that's a real devastation. It's it's not the week that you spent in bed. It's mm-hmm. not the week that you missed, you know, a party or a dinner or a, or a movie or whatever. It's it's the months and maybe even years uh, of lingering mm. symptoms that debilitate you 
and that make it impossible for you to enjoy your life. And mm-hmm. there was one story that really curled my hair, which could use a little more curling, and, and that was of a woman in her early 40s who had two children and who was a very active person before she got COVID, and she ended up with long COVID, and was her, she was so devastated by this lingering illness that wasn't getting any better that she killed herself. Oh, I mean, that story, that story tell, says a lot. It says a lot. It says that don't dismiss this thing because it's it's much worse than you think, and you never know what it's going to do. So that's that's the bottom line. You have to be sensible, and I think that's that's my my message about everything. It's a, my message about smoking. It's my message about diet. It's my message about exercising. It's 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 a message about becoming a socially active person and caring about the rest of the people as, around you. Um, Moderation and sensibility are my 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 mantras. mantras. Yeah, yeah exactly. And don't be so quick to give up the mask. I'm talking to Jane Birdie. When you look back over all these years of stories, many of them life changing for many people, do you have one thing in particular that you look upon as maybe your legacy? Was oh. it covering <laughs> diets or? Fats in food? Was it smoking? I mean, so many areas. Well, all of these things have been wonderful. And I did, you know, whatever role I played, I I wrote about every time something came out about a hazard related to smoking, every time something came out about a way to quit smoking, um, I wrote about it. And I even remember writing a story that appeared on page one in the New York Times when the public attitude towards smoking started to change and people no longer accepted it as an okay thing to do. It was becoming socially unacceptable. And that pleased me probably more than anything else because then people were much more conscientious about not exposing the rest of the, the rest of us to this toxic substance. Hmm. Did your kids pay attention to you or your grandkids? All of them. They okay, listen. I have four grandsons. I have two sons and four grandsons and two daughters-in-law, and they all have very good living habits. And I'm very, very proud of them for that. But they absolutely paid attention. And it was very funny. One, one, uh, one day when my grandsons, my grandsons used to, who lived near me, used to eat at my house for dinner uh, twice a week. Mm-hmm. And one day they told them, one of them told their mother, I love eating at grandma's. She serves all the food groups. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but what he, didn't real, what he didn't say, what he didn't really know at that point, was that the protein was a low-fat protein. It was a socially responsible protein. Right. The, the carbohydrates were whole grain always. And the so green you, veg- didn't, you didn't lecture them. You just fed them delicious, healthy food. Exactly. And to this day, these kids, these kids look fabulous. I mean, they look fabulous. They're graduating from college this May. Oh, those babies. Yes, I know. Time has a way of mm. flying. And, and they work out. I mean, they really, even during the pandemic, they found a place in, 
in the park where they could ride their bikes to the to the spot and right. and, and they thing. had some kind of workout equipment that they figured out they they concoct I mean they just didn't sit down and say I can't do this because of the pandemic they just did it they made it happen and they stayed healthy and they and they really um, did very well in school even though it was all remote um, I, know. I mean I felt bad for them for missing a year and a half of college life right that but, great first but, time. but they never complained they never complained. In fact, one of them told me that they they really liked the online lectures because, and where they were at least, the lectures were recorded, and you could listen to them whenever you wanted to. You and could go back, back and yeah, listen to them again, and the slides appeared, and you could pause them and write down what was on them. I mean. They were really excited about their online courses. And then they went out in the evening. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> They're kids. Yes. And, and you'd want them to. Jane, are you thinking of a book? No. I'm not thinking of a book, but it's interesting. I, I was recently um, uh, started to read Anne Blanchett. Blanche, I'm blocking on her name. Uh-huh. <laughs> Patchett. Patch Patchett? Anyway, she she wrote a book during the pandemic um, that she said she couldn't she couldn't get focused on writing a novel. You know, she she's a novelist and she uh-huh. and and she couldn't focus on writing a novel, so she just wrote essays. And that's that gave me a very good idea. Because people have been saying, oh, you should write your memoirs. I don't want to write my memoirs. No. I, I, but I would like to, rec- to write and get down, at least in some form, uh, some of the things that have happened in the course of my life that I found amusing or interesting or informative or what have you. And just sort of a, a, a book of memorabilia, in a sense, of, of what happened in my life and what influenced how the choices that I made and and how I move forward. Right, and the message and how the message over the years yeah. has evolved. That would be a great project. Thank okay. you so much, Jane Brody. You're We're going to miss Joe. you a lot, and I look forward to talking to you again, and we'll celebrate the next stage of life. Okay. Right, take, bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC.